It's time for the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are stoked that you are listening. Uh, we believe that you're more than listeners. Uh, to quote Brian Kelly, you're family. And we're glad that you're listening to us. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a November edition of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. Yes, it is November 1st. We have two months left in 2022, and we have an incredible slate of games coming up this weekend, Darren. But big news tonight. Tonight, the first four playoff teams are unveiled Darren, is this like Christmas Eve for you? Hey, how are you dealing with the anticipation? Christmas Eve, that's a really good analogy there. I think that's right. It's, it feels like Christmas Eve. And, I, and I'll reiterate, since we're talking about the, the college football playoff and their top four that they're going to be putting out tonight, I'll reiterate what we talked about last week. If they put Oregon in... In the top four, that will be like a lump of coal for me from Santa, just for the record. So I hope they avoid that. But yes, it is very exciting because it's kind of a a bittersweet thing because you're really excited because you're getting toward the playoff. You've had some incredible football. But that also means we're like one of those speed bullet trains headed toward the end of the season. And nobody likes that. We wish college football could go year round. A little bit of a bittersweet, uh, the old saying, double-edged sword. But it's still exciting to know that we're getting into this part of the process when things really ramp up and we get to see the college playoff rankings and see exactly what that's going to look like. So still very exciting. Yeah. And it's easy once those first four teams are announced to to get yeah. caught up in looking ahead Oh, absolutely! And, and miss the great college football that's still left to be played. And and so I hope, hope you all don't do that. I hope you enjoy the games. Yes. Uh, one more question, Darren. November is also known as No Shave November. Are you up for it? I will continue to no shave the mustache and goatee, but that's about it. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you don't play for the Yankees. You wouldn't even be allowed that. That's exactly right. I'd have to cut it off right at the bottom of the mustache. Well, let's get into our picks for who we think will be the first four college football playoff teams announced tonight. And so Darren, who are your four? Well, I have four teams, but I can't necessarily say they're in any particular order, although my first one, I I do believe, is the number one. I'll go with in no particular order. My first four are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and TCU. Georgia is just a clear number one all the way across the board. It's hard to knock Alabama out of anything. I'll talk a little bit more as we uh, talk about our takeaways from the week about some of my thoughts on Ohio State. And I believe TCU is showing week in and week out that they are legit. If you were to put them in that order, and actually if I were the playoff committee, I'd probably switch them and I'd put it Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, TCU. That way Georgia's playing TCU and Alabama's playing Ohio State. You don't have two SEC teams meeting in the, the semifinals. I think those are some exciting games. I think that's a fun 14 playoff with a whole lot of power and a whole lot of offense. How about you? What are your top four? Well, I'm basing my top four on where we are right now. This is going to change because, you know, Tennessee and Georgia play this weekend. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan will play before the season's out. So as of today, I've got Georgia as my number one seed. I've got Michigan number two, Tennessee number three, and Ohio State number four. 
Now, granted, some of those teams are going to have some losses, and and right. is that going to is that going to afford Alabama mm-hmm. or a TCU a chance to sneak in there? It could quite possibly, but I think as it stands right now, I'd probably go with those four teams. You and I both have two SEC teams in our top four. You've got two teams from the East and Georgia and Tennessee, and I've got a team from the East and team from the West and Georgia and Alabama. Do, do you think? the SEC championship could could create the potential of there only being one? Or do you think it'll be like last year, let's say Tennessee and Alabama? Wow, that just hit me. That'd be a pretty incredible SEC championship, wouldn't it? That'd be the third Saturday in October coming back. Wow. But even if that's the case, let's say it is a Tennessee-Alabama, even a Georgia-Alabama again, they both make it in, you think, even if even if an Alabama has two losses or no? I think if Tennessee beats Alabama in the hypothetical SEC championship game we're talking about, Alabama's done. They're not going to be in the playoff. Okay. I think they have to win. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Alabama has to be the SEC champion in order to get in. And if you have a truly crazy scenario of a Tennessee Ole Miss SEC championship, Obviously, whoever's the winner is the only team that goes. I think those are scenarios where we only have one SEC team in it. But I think if Alabama, no matter who they play, wins the SEC championship, them and possibly who they beat are in. Yeah, I think if Tennessee and Georgia run the table, whoever loses that game this coming Saturday, that's their only mm-hmm. loss. Yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to knock them out of the, the top four. Now, on the other hand, I've been a little underwhelmed with Ohio State. I, I think yes. Penn State is a pretender. Yeah, they try to create a narrative off that big win at Auburn, but we all know that Auburn's horrible this year. What are they, two and yep. five? Yep. That's not a big win. Exactly. So I don't know how much stock to put into Ohio State's win at Penn State. They've owned Agree. Penn State. I think that's six in a row. Yep. I'm very curious to see the Ohio State Michigan game because Michigan just completely demolished Penn State. I know we cover mostly SEC and Big 12, or that's all we cover, but that is a Big 10 game I'm actually excited about. I'm intrigued to see what that game looks like, Ohio State Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a, a very exciting game. Yeah. Where's that game at this year? Uh, I'm almost positive it's in Ann Arbor. Is it? Well, I, th- I think I tell you that tunnel at the big house is a dangerous place to be in. <laughs> Do they have enough healthy to continue <laughs> on? <laughs> the video I saw involved one player from Michigan. Oh, that's and, true. And, you know, but Harbaugh said that two of his players were assaulted. So I'm not sure who the other one was, but they, they've got to work something out. This is not the first no. incident in no. that, that tunnel either. You've got to space the teams out. Yeah, It's ridiculous yeah. to think you can send two teams with guys whose testosterone is going through the roof, and they're just going to walk through that tunnel side by side after beating the snot out of each other on the exactly. field. That just not, that's not how it works. And honestly, it's a surprise it hasn't happened more. Mm-hmm. For, for the safety of the, the players, thankfully, the game, I was wrong, the game's in Ohio. Okay. So hopefully we can avoid all Michigan tunnels uh, during the... <laughs> It's at the horseshoe. Win in Michigan, avoid the tunnels. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's probably true on many levels, but anyway. That's the, horseshoe, <laughs> the horseshoe that's no longer a horseshoe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stadium formerly known as the horseshoe. Is that what yeah. we'll call it from now on? <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. If Ohio State beats Michigan in that game, I think it knocks Michigan out of the top four. Agree completely. A, a Big Ten team this year has to sit at the end of the season with an unblemished record. Yeah. Very much believe that because there's so much strength in the other conferences. That's how you get in. Yeah. 
Well, let's get into our three takeaways from this past weekend as we watched all the games and took in all the action and listened to all the interviews, pregame, during game, post game. So, Darren, what's your first takeaway from this past weekend? Okay, you know, I think it was it last week that Tennessee beat Alabama. I made it a point to say, okay, well, let's go ahead and get this out of the way first. So, I have some nice things to say about Tennessee. I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way first. If Tennessee's D turns in a performance against Georgia that is anywhere close to the performance they had against Kentucky, I think they come out of it 9-0. and All the focus is on Tennessee's offense, and truthfully, it should be. Tennessee's offense is absolutely incredible. The amount of plays they run per game, how they can just at any moment all of a sudden a guy's 50 yards down the field. It really is incredible just how well-designed their plays are. Uh, Josh Heupel is really doing something incredible with that offense. And their defense has been suspect at times. But this past week against Kentucky, they held Kentucky to less than four yards per pass attempt and per rushing attempt. That is strong because because no matter what you think about, it's Kentucky, it's not Georgia, Chris Rodriguez is a legit running back on fresh legs. The potential for him to have 150 yards and change the outcome of this game was very, very real. And they held him to less than, I think it was like 3.1 yards per rush is what they held Chris Rodriguez to. They held their passing to 3.4 yards, as I said before. That is a legit performance against another SEC school. And if they can mimic that, come close to that against Georgia, man, is that going to be a fun game to watch. And honestly... I think it makes it their game to win if their defense plays like that. Yeah, they did play lights out. Yes. And and that leads into my first takeaway from this past weekend, and and that is, with apologies to Mark Stoops, Kentucky is once again a (laughs) basketball school. John Calipari was right. Yeah. Come on, Coach Stoops. Michael McGuire is not coming straight from the coal mine (laughs) to watch a football game with his son right now. Look expectations have been high at Kentucky. Stoops has done a good job, but boy, they just laid an egg. 44 to 6. It yep. wasn't even competitive. Yeah. I think most of us knew Tennessee was going to win that game, but we expected it to be a little closer. You've got a round one quarterback going in the NFL draft. He's going in round one. Yep. You mentioned Rodriguez. Rodriguez is going to be playing on Sundays in the NFL. Definitely. And you couldn't put together more than six points. It was a it was a very bad showing for Kentucky, and, and that was the first thing that stuck out to me from this past week. And a, a second thing that that stuck out for me, a second takeaway, is that the best post game quotes from coaches <laughs> come from Mississippi schools. Oh, now you're speaking absolute truth. <laughs> we have talked about Mike Leach and the great post game quotes, but wow, Lane Kiffin brought his A game yeah. after the A&M game. <laughs> Unbelievable. I I think you've got one for later on, yes. so I don't want to take that one. But, you know, the, the notion that, what do you say, some of the effect of, you know, we rushed for 390 yards. That's pretty good yeah. against a, a bunch of uh, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> he was throwing out those digs right after the game, later on. In, oh, in, in his the post-game. Formal press com- yeah. post-game conference. So Kiffin was on his A game. And, you know, that's one reason why the Egg Bowl has become even more fun to watch. You oh, don't absolutely. know what Leach is going to say. You don't know what Kiffin's going to say. But you know it's going to be entertaining. Yes, absolutely. So how about you, Darren? What was the second takeaway for you? 
All right. My second takeaway is I believe TCU is a more legit team than they are getting credit for. And they will continue to win because they can attack you from anywhere. The players that they have, Max Dugan, Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnston, and then also some of their other receivers, Tay Barber, Darius Davis. The thing that's incredible about them is, let's say that you decide that you want to take away the quarterback's legs. I mean, we're not going to let him run in, run on us. Then you open up the, the room for the, the running back because you're keeping that linebacker to spy on that quarterback. You're opening up that gap. And then he does like he's done several times. The running back does several like he does several times this year and turns in a 160-yard performance. If you decide you're going to stack the box, they can beat us in the air, but they're not going to beat us on the ground. Well, okay, and Max Dugan will throw for 350 yards, have two receivers that have over 100 yards and two touchdowns each. They really are a hard team to defend against. Their defense is suspect at times, but for the most part, plays strong. I think they are going to continue to win with the possibility of turning in an undefeated season because they're hard to stop. You have to pick your poison, and either way, they can beat you. So I, I think TCU is really a much more legit team than they're getting credit for right now. Well argued. How about your number <laughs> three takeaway, Darren? Okay, we talked about Ohio State and Michigan. So I just want to take a minute and say, Ohio State fans, I appreciate the fact that you had a big win. I appreciate the fact that the Ohio State-Penn State rivalry is a hardcore rivalry. But at the end of the day, you beat a Penn State team that really doesn't have much of a resume, that really honestly kind of chokes anytime they play anybody in the top 10. And when it's a big game, typically finds a way to give the way a game. You know, oh, say, let's say four turnovers, three of which were by, what's this, JTT? Is that what they were calling the defensive end at Ohio State? <laughs> that dude's incredible. I don't want to take anything away from him, but man, that dude had a game. But Penn State had four turnovers. So this whole, we beat Ohio State, we drove them into the ground, look at our resume, we are the clear number one. Eh, I'm going to go back to the 80s. Let's take a little bit of a chill pill. Let's, let's let this breathe for a minute. I don't think you should get all excited and demand to be number one. You still got a lot to prove. Mm -hmm. So that's that's me. That's my third takeaway. How about you? Agreed. My third takeaway takes us to the Big 12 where Oklahoma is not going away. I know they have three losses, so they're not in the playoff discussion this year. But, but don't count out what Brent Venables is doing there. Look, they've been in every game uh, except the Texas game, which was a, a just a terrible, terrible effort on their part. Now, TCU beat them by 31, but if you remember, that's the game Dylan Gabriel got knocked out of. Right, right. So I think TCU probably still would have beat them. I don't think it would have been by that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they've been in every game, including, what, a seven-point loss to Kansas State, which just throttled Oklahoma State this past <laughs> weekend. A shutout. Yeah, exactly. What is going on in Stillwater? Yeah. I, I need to apologize to Coach Gundy. I said nice things about him last week. <laughs> Evidently, that was that was the worst thing I could have done. Threw everything off. <laughs> but this OU team is growing, and I think the future is bright there. So I, I think they got Baylor this week. That's going to be a really good test. They still got Oklahoma State. They have a chance to uh, to finish strong and pick up a few marquee wins. Be curious to see how it all pans out. Well said. Well said. So speaking of games and picking games, let's do an update on our CBS Sports Pick'em here at the Bruin Shaver Sports Podcast. And we want to congratulate Zach, who came in first place this week. Zach is an OU fan, by the way. So he's feeling pretty good right now. Uh, Matt Hollis, 
Ellis uh, came in third place. And who's in second place? And, uh, hang on, hang oh, on. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm building it up. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I'm putting out the opening acts before we get to the main event. <laughs> And Matt is in third place, and he's slipping, not quite as bad as Jimbo and A and M. He's an A and M fan. He's kind of slipping third place, and so that leaves second place. The silver medal, not quite bronze, not quite gold, somewhere stuck in the middle. Sounds like a name of a biography. But, um, <laughs> pretty good guy wound up in second place. And, and and who is that? I think that's your co-host. That's right. It's Ben Brewster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freeze this moment in history. A round of applause, round of applause. You were talking about not being able to crack into the top three. You went to three, you went to two. Uh, if I'm Zach, the OU fan, might be looking out at number one, just saying. <laughs> Maybe anything can happen. That's exactly right. And we've learned that from history. That's right. Speaking of history, let's pause right now for this week in sports history. That was well done. October 31st, 2009, the San Antonio Spurs are playing the Sacramento Kings in an NBA game in the AT&T Center. A bat flew into the playing area on multiple occasions, swarming around players. It looked as though the game was going to be delayed in order to remove the bat safely. However, Spurs player Manu Ginobili decided to take matters into his own hands, literally swatting the bat down with his bare hand, then picking it up off the floor and walking it over to a Spurs official. The bat survived and was later released. Ten years after the bat incident, Manu Ginobili recognized the anniversary, noting on social media, nothing I did on the court drew more attention than this. Oh, thank you. Now we move into a part of the show where Darren and I pick seven games from around the SEC and the Big 12. We pick who we think is going to win each game, and we explain why we think they're going to win each game. And we have 30 seconds for each pick to to explain our reasons why. So let's get into uh, our picks for this week. We're going to start off with the Texas Tech at TCU game. Darren, I know you're high on TCU. Who wins this game and why? Well, I think this one is pretty cut and dry. TCU averaging uh, almost six yards per rush. Uh, The same thing at passing, holding their teams under five yards. uh, So still turning in a a great defense. Max Dugan, 2,212 yards passing, 276 yards rushing. As much as I like Joey McGuire and what he's doing at Texas Tech, Donovan Smith, the quarterback, has had some good performances, but that is going to be a TCU victory. Ooh, I almost messed that one up and got a penalty. Ooh, that was close. Close. The ref was pulling the flag. All right. He sure was. He sure was. I've got TCU because TCU's better. That's it. <laughs> well said. <laughs> let's uh let's stay in the in the state of Texas where the uh, Longhorns will be traveling to Manhattan, uh, Kansas that is, to face a red hot Kansas State Wildcats team. Who wins this game and why? Well, I tell you, if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago who wins this game, I honestly would have, without hesitation, said Kansas State. I think Texas is going the right way with Quinn Ewers. 
Kansas State has had a great week, but I think Texas is is moving in a better direction. Texas wins. Okay. I'm impressed with Kansas State. That win last week, a lot of teams struggle when their backup quarterback is starting, but they thrived incredibly. Absolutely. And so I'm going to stick with the Wildcats, uh, sending Longhorns back to Texas with another loss and another bump in the road for Coach Sarkeesian's plan uh, to bring Texas back to prominence. Sorry, it's going to be rough, rough day. So let's go back to the SEC, where Kentucky, after getting just manhandled by Tennessee, like you said, Darren, that defense from the Volunteers was pretty stout, is traveling to Columbia, Missouri to face the Tigers coming off of a big win. Big win. At Columbia, South Carolina. Maybe it was because they were playing at Columbia. Is there a connection? I don't know. We can bring on an expert (laughs) ask. That's right. But Darren, who wins this game and why? I think this very much is a case of two teams in in opposite trajectories. I think Kentucky has started a a little bit of a slide that we didn't see coming, and Missouri has showed some strength, both offensively and defensively. It's a little bit of an upset uh, with Missouri winning over Kentucky, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Tigers pull the upset. I like Missouri. I picked this team last week, but I'm going to go with Kentucky. I have to believe that Mark Stoops is going to get this team back on track after a humiliating loss. So I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky. Well, let's move on down back to the Big 12, where uh, Oklahoma State, coming off of a devastating 48-0 loss to Kansas State, is facing the other school in Kansas, the Jayhawks, who at 5-3, and three, I think they're on a three-game losing yes. streak. Something's got to give here. Uh, does Oklahoma State rebound or does Kansas get back on track? Who you got, Darren? I think this is a moment where Oklahoma State gets back on track. Uh, the strong offense, strong defense. I think Kansas has had some good moments, but like you said, they're on a bit of a slide. Uh, Oklahoma State is favored in this game, and honestly, I think they'll easily cover that three and a half. I think this could end up being a two to three score win for Oklahoma State. I think this is a rebound week for them. They get some Kansas revenge in the state, and they win this game. I agree with you. I, I, I think Oklahoma State bounces back. So let's move on down to a big game, actually our pet pick'em game of the week, where the Crimson Tide are rolling into one of my favorite cities, Baton Rouge, to face LSU in a night game. The network's got this one right. You've got to put this game in the evening. So Alabama, LSU, aside from 2019, and if you want to go back to the, the game of the century in 2011, Alabama's typically controlled this series. Darren, are they going to do it again, or does LSU have a shot? What do you think? Well, I think this is going to be an Alabama win, but it is going to be an incredibly close game. But I will also say one of the areas that LSU really holds an advantage over Alabama is turnover margin. That being said, if they can create turnovers, which we have seen can be done, LSU can pull off this victory, but I think it's going to be an Alabama win. This is a game of two great coaches, and I can't wait to see how the game plans pan out because these coaches are coming off of bye weeks. Uh, They've been studying film. They've been working on a game plan. Mm -hmm. Brian Kelly has not yet been able to beat Nick Saban at Alabama. He has talent now on the same level just about. Right. And I think maybe this year he does it. So I'm going to go with LSU winning. 
Mm, nice. You got. I think that's the closest you've ever gotten. You got within two and a half seconds of a penalty there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was speaking from the heart. All right. That's right. That's right. So let's go on up to Norman, Oklahoma, the Palace on the Prairie, where the Baylor Bears are coming into town to face the Sooners and the dreaded Sooner Schooner. Darren, who wins and why? You know. I think this is going to be another upset. The opening odds are Oklahoma is a three and a half point favorite, but Dave Aranda, the football ninja, man, you got to go with him every once in a while, right? And I feel like I've picked against them quite a bit. You got five and three against five and three, but I think Baylor has some opportunities to do some things offensively that Oklahoma will not be able to deal with. Ultimately, uh, Baylor pulls off the victory and the upset. I think Baylor's in a better position right now than Oklahoma. I think things are, are working better overall at Baylor. Mm -hmm. But I think Venables is going to use the powers of inspiration and he's going to get these players up for this game as a way to to make up for some of the early stumbles. I think the Sooners pull off a win. It's going to be very, very close in Norman. I'm going with the Sooners on this one. Very good. Let's move on down to a huge Saturday afternoon game. The second-ranked Tennessee Volunteers are heading to Athens to face the number one-ranked and defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Wow, is all I can say. I told my wife today, do not schedule anything next Saturday (laughs) afternoon. I know the LSU game's at night, but I'm telling you, during the day, nothing. If anyone invites us over, the answer is no. No, no, no. Unless they've got an 80-inch TV and they're tailgating. Yep. Uh, who you got in this one, Darren? I tell you, I, th- I think this is going to be a matter of what can the Georgia defense do with Hendon Hooker? Because you got somebody that's got 2,300 yards of passing, over 300 yards of rushing. He is having a Heisman-level season. What can this defense do? And I think this will be the hardest game Hendon Hooker has had so far this season and ultimately ends up being a Georgia win. Georgia hangs on to that top spot. Oh, (laughs) to you talking about Tennessee being successful is like pouring salt in your wound. (laughs) It very much is. (laughs) I do give credit where credit is due. (laughs) Let's speak the truth. And the truth is, as far as I see it, that Tennessee is going to beat Georgia. They're going to be cruising to representing the East and SEC championship game. I'm going with the Volunteers winning a big one in Georgia. All right. You avoided a penalty because I took two of your seconds to interject there. So so no flag on the play. (laughs) After further review. Exactly. So that takes us to uh, one final game in our picks. And and this is an intriguing one. Yeah. The 23rd ranked, Liberty Flames, right? They're the Flames? Yes. With Hugh Freeze as their coach, former SEC coach, I think he just signed a multi-year extension, is coming to Fayetteville to face the Razorbacks. Darren, who wins and why? You know, the thing is, I, I think you have to give some credibility to Hugh Freeze and his offense no matter where he is. And what they do best is passing. And what Arkansas does worse is defending the the top half of their defense. They lose receivers in route. The top can be taken off that defense in a hurry, unfortunately, and I think that makes a difference. Liberty pulls off the upset and wins this game. Mm. That, my friend, is a gutsy pick. (laughs) But it's not going to (laughs) happen. Razorbacks. Call them hogs right now. Razorbacks win. You mark it down. All right. 
It's time now, Darren, for Four Down Territory. Here we go. You're in Four Down Territory. Who is your sure thing pick of the week? I tell you, I think I'm going to stick with TCU. I think they are so strong. Texas Tech is very, very, very inconsistent like we just talked about. So TCU is my sure thing. How about you? I'm going with Tennessee as my sure thing. I think they pull out a big win over Georgia. It's a magical year for them. It continues. Uh, You've got to beat the best if you want to win the SEC, if you want to play for a national championship. And this is their big test right now. They've yep. dispensed of uh, LSU. They've they've beaten Alabama, the proverbial bully in the league. And now they've got Georgia, who we could argue is the team of the moment after last year's run. But I, I think Tennessee wins, and they move up to number one in the in the rankings. Nice, nice. Uh, how about your upset of the week? I think I am going to go with Missouri over Kentucky and let the record reflect. This is the second week in a row that Missouri has been picked as the upset pick because you picked them to win over South Carolina last week. So that was your upset pick and they did it. So I'm I'm keeping the dice rolling. Come on, baby. Big money, big money. I'm going to go with Missouri over Kentucky with that as my upset pick for this week. How about you? I'd like to point out about the Missouri-South Carolina game. I was watching SEC Nation last mm-hmm. Saturday morning. And they were picking this game. And every single one of them picked South Carolina. In fact, one of them said this is the easiest pick of the week. So I just want the record to show that. Well, I will take a shot at myself. If I remember correctly, (laughs) when you made that pick last week, I asked you what you were smoking. So you stood out there and took it, and it was a great pick. (laughs) This, my friend, is a non-smoking home. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Missouri was a sound clear pick and they proved it on the field. <laughs> that's right. My upset picks, I'm going with my heart here. Uh, my head tells me Alabama is going to win, but I want yeah. to believe that LSU can pull off a, a win. Uh, I, I want it to happen. Maybe I'm impatient in, in the process of LSU rebuilding, but I'm going to go with LSU pulling off an improbable win in Death Valley Saturday night. That's my upset pick, the LSU Fighting Tigers. That's a great heart pick. It's all heart. Uh, how about um, <laughs> how about your brown bag from this past weekend? Who deserves a brown bag? I hate to be so obvious and on the nose, but for me, how can A&M not be the brown bag pick of the week, their athletic department. They have the highest recruiting class ever in the history of recruiting rankings, a $90 million coach, and they are sitting at three and five. They will have to go three and one the remainder of the year. So win 75% of their games for the remainder of the year just to be bowl eligible. To me... How is that not a brown bag? Because I think it's very legitimate that they go two and two and maybe even one and three in these last four games. And so then you're sitting there not bowl eligible with uh, all of these accolades that have been thrown at you and a $90 million coach. To me, that's a, that's a brown bag moment in the A&M athletic department. I don't know how you turn that around, but that's where they're sitting right now. 
Yeah, Darren, I, I think you're spot on. It's a it's a mess. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll we'll see how it plays yep. out. I, I'm going to go back to South Carolina for my brown bag. Uh, you guys got into the top 25. Um, you know, Coach Beamer the week before after the win against A&M was talking about this is the best place to play. We've got the best fans and yep. unranked yep. Missouri Tigers team comes in to your home and beats you. Yep. Not by a last second field goal either. No. And so I think South Carolina, you got to get it together, man. If you're going to dance and celebrate every time you win, <laughs> and then you come back the next week and lose to somebody who you were supposed to, that that's yep. inconsistency. And so South Carolina, you get the brown bag. Good pick. So now moving on to one of the best parts of each week's episode where Darren finds the best post-game quote of the week from a coach. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this one, <laughs> and I can't wait to hear it. what you got, it, Darren. It may be in the state of Mississippi. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> <whew>. uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You got to go with Lane Kiffin. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to play just a short little 15-second clip of, uh, you know, Cole Kublik is asking him a couple of questions and he talks a little bit about uh, the, the game and, and how the guys responded, how the guys on his team responded. And then he gives us a fantastic one-liner. So let's listen to what he has to say. Um, you know, I just got to thank God for these players coming together and the way that they played. It's a really cool group. Halloween right around the corner. What are we dressing up as? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Joker. Maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for me. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow good old lane kiffin like you said you just can't go wrong with any coach in the state of mississippi he was very careful leading up to the game and after that victory he got a little bolder yes i think you're right that's well said (laughs) (laughs) well that wraps up our show for today remember to connect with us via Linktree. go to our social media sites Uh, we have a remember the text line that you can text anytime, any questions or comments, 318-390-3599. And send us a picture of your pet with who your pet picks for this week, LSU uh, versus Alabama. We would love to hear from you. Darren, what did I miss here as far as a way that people can connect with us? Whatever social media, or not social media, sorry, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, it always has a, a see more or show more at the bottom of the podcast episode description. Click on that or tap on it with your finger if it's on your phone and you'll see our link tree. But in addition to our link tree, you'll also see our email and the text line uh, that Ben just talked about. And you can click on those and go directly to that. And, and please send us a picture of your pet. Tell us how old your pet is and who you think is going to win the LSU-Alabama game. If you're sending it from Louisiana, yeah, we got a pretty good idea that we know what's going to, who you're <laughs> going to pick. We'd love to see some of those pictures uh, come in and be able to share them on our social media platforms. Remember, new episodes of the show drop every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. You can listen at your convenience on whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to your shows, your podcast. We love that you're with us. We love yes. that you listen. Uh, keep keep with us. Uh, we appreciate it more than we can really put into words. Absolutely. So until next week, y'all take care. Have a great week. 